Welcome to the table with Vinny, Chris, and Dave. At the table, we have authentic conversations about various topics through the lens of the kingdom and our personal experience. So pull up a chair and join us. There's room for everyone at the table. There's room for everybody at the table. Amen. That's awesome. Gotta love that uh, <laughs> license-free music. Yep. Ow! Need a real table. We do need a real table. We need a real table. So we have ev- room for everyone. That's true. The, that's true. There's room for like six mm, people. Maybe sitting cross-legged on the floor. It, it, and our buddy Malachi is in here with us today. What's up, Malachi? And I feel like you must join at the table, bro. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> right. The table and others. Can't be on a. You might not be on a direct mic, but you got to be like. Yeah. Nearby. Yeah, so we do need a, a bigger table in here. That's interesting. That's the word provides. Did you just get shocked by your light switch? No, I was just tripping. I thought I heard something. Oh, fair. <laughs> <laughs> it is kind of hazardous up here. It is a <laughs> it little is. hazardous. Well, thankfully, it's not as there's, breezy on this podcast as it was on the last one. Two know, right? contractors on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. We're we're both like silently judging everything in yeah. the room. Silently? Well, I mean, oh yeah, not silently. Yeah, I mean, it's out loud behind your back. This is literally on the podcast right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did ask if you got shocked by your light switch. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. Oh, we'll get there eventually. We'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. Speaking of everybody at the table, hmm. there's been a lot of people coming to the table lately, and by the table, I mean. The the kingdom, man. Hmm. What do you mean? Man, I just like, I just see God, like Asbury, dude. Like, Hmm. dude, last night we were up there and uh, my my buddy was, Dustin was up there with me. And uh, midway through, he's like, oh, dude, I got to go. There's revival breaking out at NKU. Hmm. People are getting baptized in the lake. I was like, what? Really? Yeah, dude. Hmm. And starting to, I'd love to hear your guys's, there's been a lot of talk around all that stuff, man. Yeah, there has. I think it's amazing. Yeah. I mean, one of the other, I think I saw a list of like 18 different places in the Midwest where there are revivals happening, you know, or people are, uh, you know, saying that there are revivals going on, one of which is at my alma mater at Lee University. I saw that one. Yeah, I saw that In Cleveland, Tennessee. And, uh, you know, especially when it's so close to home, you know, you want to go and check it out and it's, you know, awesome to see, you know, testimonies coming out of there, people getting healed and delivered. And, you know, ultimately revival is intended for us to turn back to God. You know, mm-hmm. it is a, a form of repentance for a, a city. Yeah. You know, how, how do we correct, you know, the, the path that we're on right now? How do we turn ourselves back? And, you know, for us to sit here and judge it, you know, to, to say that it is not revival in its truest form or it's mm-hmm. not as good as revival in the past you know i i saw a uh, a post a few weeks ago that said i'd, I'd rather be wrong <laughs> yeah you know just simply yeah. put like i'd rather be wrong like I, i'd rather go there expecting a move of god uh than than t- to be a naysayer standing yeah. on the sidelines not wanting anything to do with it that's where i'm at with it i've been encountering and it's really grieved my spirit a lot of doubt and you know well, it's not Finney's revival. It's not the, you know, Great Awakening revivals. It's not. And I got to be honest, like, I just want to tell them all to shut up. Like, it really, like, seriously, it makes me mad because yeah. it's like, like, I posted something on Facebook earlier. 
Like, do you serve Jesus or are you serving the denomination or the theology that you serve under? Come on. Like, what are you really serving? Because there's like one of the things that I was thinking about it earlier today. There's this book called um, The Brothers Karamazov. It's a Tolstoy novel. And there's a whole chapter dedicated to it where it's called The Inquisitor. And basically the the outline of this whole chapter is Jesus returns during the Spanish Inquisition and he gets brought in front of the High Inquisition Council and like charged as a heretic before the religious Spanish Inquisition, which made me think of Monty Python for a second. <laughs> no one expects the Spanish Inquisition, but I digress. <laughs> that attitude is the same attitude I see in, in that like that Tolstoy was trying to convey in that chapter of the book. It's the the pervading religious mindset questioning a genuine movement of God. And I don't want to be on the wrong side of that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, we ask yeah. ourselves, like, what is the point of revival? Right. Like, is it to usher in, you know, the second coming of Jesus? Is it to, uh, you know, en enlighten the surrounding city and those living in rebellion to God, you know, to, uh, as an awakening? You know, I think for for every single person, you know, whether it's a recommitment or they're discovering who Jesus is for the first time and, you know, falling in love with him, uh, you know, what, what true revival is, is, is us coming into right standing with God. But yeah. I, I think in every move of God throughout history and as God does throughout both the Old and the New Testament, he reveals something of his character, you know, that we fall more in love with. Mm. You know, it's the angels standing before the throne of God and the elders casting their throne, their, their crowns and saying, glory, glory, glory. There's 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 more you know there's mm, more of yeah. him to be discovered right now that you know un unfortunately sometimes only history tells us what it was yeah and so for us to really be engaged with it and asking that question like uh, okay revival unto what like what right. are we what are we reviving like is mm. it the is it the as we talked about before we started recording the imagio day you know are we restoring our perception of of brothers and sisters like inside of our local communities mm. i mean because at the end of the day like that is that is our our mission field right it's it's not always the far corners of the earth but it's right you know here. restoring our our homes restoring our families restoring our our Come communities preach yeah. it dude that's what it's supposed to lead to yeah, you know, like should, yeah, yeah. I mean, like you're you're like Cane Ridge, you know, like the Cane Ridge revival. The the bars stayed empty for weeks, and people were just massively repenting for falling into worldliness. And uh, people that weren't in the church were repenting for the first time. And that's to me that should be the only litmus test of revival, like. What it's it goes back to the most basic foundation, like what fruit is born of this movement, mm. and I think that the fruit of revival is reformation. Yeah, transformation. We're transformation from glory to glory. Right. Man. Like yeah, being transformed, being reformed, and how we because yeah. all these great revivals led to some major shift in our understanding of how we interacted with God. You know the the Cane Ridge and those those uh, circuit rider revivals led to the formation of of the Methodist Church, which spread Christianity through the West and through our burgeoning baby country. Yeah, and just because we see the byproduct of those revivals doesn't mean that that's 
what we're looking for right now. Right. You know, the, the true sign of whether it is a revival or not, you know, whether, you know, this, this thing that people are involved in and getting excited about at, you know, Asbury and, and Northern Kentucky, right. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, if the, the litmus test, you know, to use your word back to, back to that of, of whether it's real or not is not if it produces the same fruit as before. Right. But is it producing fruit? Yeah. I think that's the, Mm. And what fruit is it producing? I mean, Vinny, you've been there twice now. David, yeah. you've been there. Yeah, I've been there. Yeah, I had an interesting experience. So the last time I went, the first time when you and I went, I was like, this is cool. Like, Yeah, it was a good vibe. Yeah, it, it was. was. It was like, I was really just, um, I was just moved for a younger generation. Yeah, same. That's really how I felt the first time I went. Same. It wasn't, I mean, it did draw me in deeper, but... um. I've also recently been on a pretty heavy personal journey. Yeah. So I kind of felt like it was not a catalyst for me. It was just another like stop along along the road that I'm already on. Um but watching the younger people, you know, the college yeah. kids and some of what appear to be even high school kids. Yeah. You know, there and like the buzz and the you know, the whole thing was just always like really uplifting because, yeah. you know, this, I have a 19 year old daughter and it's a very unaffected generation. I mean, I watch her, I watch her friends and they don't seem to get excited about much. You know what I mean? They don't seem to get passionate about much of anything. Everything kind of has like a blase, mm -hmm. you know, attitude about it. Or it's like, it's, it's uncool to think something is cool. So you have to be like, nah, you know whatever seen it all yeah been there done that yeah. right but it was cool to see you know that age group like for the first time a lot of kids in a one place that i've seen get excited about something other than like a concert or a rave or right you know yeah I mean? they're super excited right. and again ministered to man mm. major ways bro. yeah everywhere you walk in there there's yeah, there's like ministry going on everywhere everywhere in the hallways and out in the the foyer and it was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I had a pretty crazy experience yesterday when I was there. This is when I, like, it was already legit to me, but this was just, like, solidified it mm. for me, the encounter that I had with the Lord. As soon as I got on the grounds, dude, it just felt like heaven was breaking out mm. everywhere, man. Like, I would walk, like, 10 feet and run into somebody that I knew that I was not expecting to see, and, like, it... It just felt so heavenly. Like, I kind of imagine that in heaven, yeah. like running into like all your homies and like, yeah. you're like, oh, you're here. Like, there's kind of that. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, there's kind of that element to it. And I started getting like, it started, I started feeling really detached from reality. Hmm. Um, <laughs> like, it, it felt like, so holy in a world that is so dark mm. that I started feeling like darkness wasn't existing, man. Mm. Like this, this like really heavy holiness. And I, and I was in this, like it, it was almost like euphoric, like, mm. um, was, it's, it's hard to explain, you know, what I was encountering. Um, but I actually, 
it, it was so intense for me what I was experiencing that I had to like go and sit down mm. and like examine myself mm. because of how much of a holy ground, you know, that was. And I literally went and sat next to a train and I was like, Lord, search me. Yeah. Like anything that doesn't belong in me, like I need you to search me. Yeah. Because there was to be honest, there was like a bit of anxiety that I was feeling in that moment. And I think it was like some familiar spirits mm. from my past where um, a little bit of my history, I've done a lot of drugs and alcohol. Hallucinants were one of those things mm. from when I was younger and I would enter into the spiritual realms illegally. And there was like, a, I, I felt the enemy come in and try to like remind me of mm. those times because it was a counterfeit version of the kingdom breaking in and yeah. revival, you know? Yeah. And he was like trying to remind me of that. And I was like, is this okay? Like, why am I feeling like this? And I just went and sat with the Lord. I was like, Lord, search me, search me. And, um, Philip and, um, my brother James and my brother Dustin came up and they prayed for me. And I saw Jesus come up to me and approach me and put his hand on me and say, no, you're here by my blood. Wow. And dude, just this safety fell on me, dude. Yeah. Like this, this feeling of comfort and safety. And, um, you know, honestly, when I was praying to like, you know, I've been on this journey of like trying to be as pure as I can and like be refined as I can. I'm like, Lord, search me. I'm like, thinking of like the littlest things that i could come up with where i'm like oh, i'm sorry i was angry at my mm. kids earlier like yeah. you know like whatever yeah. digging to like repent because of what this was and, yeah. and it was really when jesus came to me and i felt that like comfort and and mm. peace and i was just like dude this is like real deal heaven on earth type yeah. stuff right now so that was my experience that's last amazing. night <laughs> that's awesome yeah it was really cool that's awesome on monday night um really cool experience i had was there was a local church was having a, a worship night i think they normally have it on wednesdays um but they had decided to get together on monday night and thank god for what he was doing at asbury and at the other colleges just to you know he the, it was funny the guy the pastor showed what? up like 10 minutes late because he had been at asbury so he like rolled in like all disheveled which was hilarious because this is a big, this is a pretty big <laughs> church in our area, and just to see him so undone, yeah. like by what had happened, was just like totally cool. You know what I mean? Because he was like hugging everybody and like, I don't want to talk, and you know he was it was it was awesome. Let's jump into it. Yeah, it was really cool. Yeah. Um, but um, Ooh. just the whole the whole Monday night experience that we had with them. I think there was probably only like ten people there, but it was so refreshing because it was like the, because there's, there's a, a temptation, I think in the body and a lot of times there's like a FOMO, you mm -hmm, know, or like mm -hmm. an attempt to manufacture something you're afraid you're going to miss. Yeah. And I didn't get that vibe there at all. It was literally like, let's thank God for what he's doing there and let's ask him to do it in our town. Yeah. Maybe not here tonight, maybe not right now, but do it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, uh, there was a point in the service when he had, we had repented, like he had said that he felt the Lord to 
for everyone to repent that needed to repent of anything, which I did. And then um, to intercede for something, whatever. It didn't matter. I mean, there was no like formula to it. And I got hit with this like ridiculous power and this ridiculous sense of urgency to specifically pray for revival in the construction community. Wow. Um, and I was like standing up screaming, like, you know, like every hammer you touch, every drill you touch, every saw you touch is anointed. Uh-huh. Like you are going to realize that you are building every temple in this country. Like every house in this country is a temple until Dang, the Lord and wow. your Dude. hands are touching it. Wow. Like it was just this like overwhelming sense to like pray for specifically for construction, manufacturing, like blue collar workers to repent. That's amazing. And it was just super powerful. Super powerful. <laughs> That's so cool, dude. It's yeah. awesome when like the Lord just, you know, obviously like brings, you know, the, the enlightenment to our hearts, you know, what, what is on his heart, mm. you know, and that's, that's the kind of perpetual cry of the, of, of the person who's abiding with the Lord is like, you know, make me see what you see. I want to do what you do. Like, I want to, I want to feel in my heart what's on your heart. Mm. You know, I want, I want my cry to, to mimic and to echo, you know, those cries of heaven, mm. you know, and so as, uh, you know, as worshipers, you know, that's, that's our attempt, right? Like when we gather together as a community of worshipers to, to surround ourselves with, with people who have, you know, the, the, the like and cry that Lord come down and, and do it in us. Right. And I don't think at the end of the day that there's anything wrong with us asking for the Lord to do what he's doing somewhere else yeah. in our community. Yeah. You know, there's nothing wrong, no, nothing inherently wrong by, by saying, Lord, what you're doing in Asbury, I want to see it on, on the campus at Miami University. Yeah. yeah. I want to see it on the campus at, at UC. Right. Like, I want you to 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 do for them what you're doing for the people of Northern Kentucky. Yeah. Like, I want I want to though also see it in my workplace. Yeah. Like, I want to see it at the bus stations. <laughs> like, I want to, right. you know, to hear what heaven sounds like when, when we walk into those places. You know, and it, it really is, it's, it's almost you know, likened to an out of body experience when we have those encounters with heaven, you know, where we're just sitting there like this, this isn't my normal life. You know, this, this, there is something going on here that is completely other than myself. You know, it is Isaiah crying out and said, Lord, kill me because I'm undone. Like I I can't be here. You know, the angel comes and touches your mouth with coal and, Mm. you know, and, and cleanses you. And, you know, and that's the affirmation from heaven to say like, you know, you've got the golden ticket. You, right. You've you've been accepted. You've been invited. Lord, invite my friends. Mm. Lord, and invite my family who doesn't know you, who who's walking in a in a way that's not in accordance with your ways. Yeah, mm. yeah. That that prayer was like overwhelming, and it was just it's crazy because you know, and it, it's the the disconnect with the workplace, right? And it was at that moment, it was totally like. It was almost like it was lifted for me for a moment. You know, it was mm-hmm. it was a really odd experience. And then the things that I was saying were just like so like I didn't you, do you know what I mean? Yeah, they like I premeditated, it was No, it's just like bah, 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 and I'm just like letting this stuff out of my mouth. And yeah. I just it was almost like feeling like like something was leaving me. Like yeah. something was like coming through my body and then out of my mouth. Yeah, it's partnering with 
Jesus's interception mm. or in, inter, intercession. <laughs> no, it's in, it's intercepting Jesus's interception. I just imagine interception. Jesus in the Super Bowl. Right. Yeah. <laughs> he jumps up like, eh. yeah. yeah, brings it down. Yeah, but I love those moments where we just have those opportunities to just yeah. join in. Yeah. You know, we're, we're making intentional decisions. You know, you intentionally decided, like, I'm going to go to Asbury. Or, you know, you responded in obedience. The Lord laid it on your heart. Like, mm-hmm. I want you to be there. Like, there's something, you know, uh, that the Lord wanted to show you, to teach you, to reveal to you. Yeah. You know, that, that this isn't all there is. Like, there's, there's still more. Yeah. And that's the point of us talking about the different revivals and how they've impacted history and, you know, why it's important for us to study what those revivals look like. None of this negate the importance of, you know, reading about men and women of faith. You know, I mean, that is our testimony of Jesus through the, through the scriptures. Like, but for us to know, like, how were, how were people praying and how did it change the city when, you know, the, the people of Wales and the Welsh revival, you know, broke out and, you know, people would leave their workplaces, what started for an hour a day and right. turned into multiple hours a day, t- turned into 24 hours a day and went on for weeks and weeks and months and months, you know, not to say, Lord, I want to manufacture it, but Lord, right. I honor what you did there. And I, yeah. I really want to see, you know, that change in us. That's a good point. Yeah. I'm, I'm just really, I'm really struggling to get all the hate about it. Like it's something I'm really like to understand. It. Yeah. It's something I'm really struggling with right now. Yeah. Like I'm not, I've honestly like seen people more people are, respond to it than I've heard the hate. You know, I've I like, haven't seen much hate. I haven't pers- either. Personally, yeah. Yeah. depends on who I've you res- follow. Yeah, most of what I've seen has been like I hear people talking about you know this not being an authentic move of God, and yeah. I, I see the you know Jeremiah Johnson talked to, you know a little bit about you know the prophetic warning. Yeah. About yeah. um, what you, you think know, about of that? judging it? I I I thought it was spot on. Yeah. Like I yeah. saw and loved your comment. You yeah. know about um like really our our pursuit like that's what it comes down to yeah you know it's 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 genuine i'm sorry it doesn't look like what you thought it was going to look like you know we're not issuing a formal apology right but it's a more of a statement like jesus <laughs> does not care about your agenda amen. if it doesn't align with the agenda of heaven amen yeah like we have so much room in these flesh in these flesh coverings to be prideful you yeah. know to to forget that our role is to be humble servants mm. And it's so, you know, we get so consumed with doing stuff for God, mm-hmm. you know, that we, st- that sometimes it's easy for us to stop and, and ask, like, did you ask me to do it? Right. Mm. Right. When that, it's directly there in the scripture, there's tons of you that are going to say, I did this, I did that, I did that. And yeah, I'm going to say, I get away from me. So I never good. knew you. Skirt. Never related. Yeah. Right, dude. <laughs> that should give people pause. Yeah. Like that's something that even I've been noticing or struggling with a little bit in regards to the the body at large is this idea that like there's so much about scripture that's like nonchalantly talked about and understood and like things that don't give people should give people pause are not giving them pause. Like what? Specifically that one, that verse, Matthew was it? Matthew is it 25. 25 right. Yeah. Um, you know, or like I mean, where they should be really, uh, I mean, that for me is one of the scariest passages in yes. the book of Matthew yeah. and one of the scariest passages in all of the New Correct. Testament. Right. You know, it's like uh, you're either going to be found uh, surprised that right. you're not invited in or surprised that the Lord acknowledges the things that you did that solicited yeah. an invitation. Right. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, I'm separating the sheep and the goats right yeah. now. 
and you know we're in the middle of that process you know david you and i had a conversation last week about you know not getting caught up and thinking you know that our daily life is part of this mundane journey when in reality like we have an opportunity to be obedient at every step of the way right you know i love the incredible testimonies of the people who wake up and they're like look i just do in the mornings exactly what the lord tells me to do right and when i hear it my faith jumps up and then the first question i ask myself is like what does my morning look like? <laughs> right. Like, you know, I'm, I'm not trekking the jungles of South Africa. Like, Lord, am I doing today exactly what you've asked me to do? Am right. I being found in the place where you expected to find me? Yeah. You know, or am I, am I as Adam and Eve, you know, the original, the, 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 the OG sinners, right. like hiding myself while Jesus is looking for an opportunity to walk mm. with us. That's good. Yeah. That, that's exactly it. I mean, that's, the feeling it's it's almost like I think the thing that's really triggered it for me recently has been um, some of the news surrounding a really big church in California and their refusal to repent for some really bad decisions that were made a number of years ago through their counseling services. Um, and that there's been an elder that has come forward from their church and, and exposed a pattern of abuse in their counseling practices specifically regarding women in abusive marriages um men who were actively being abusive and not being you know prosecuted and things like that and it's it this church is a gigantic we stand on the scripture sola scriptura church and i'm like you say sola scriptura you have conferences to call out false leaders and then stuff like this comes out of your church like do you really believe what you're preaching do you really believe what you're reading and studying like is this something that actually has produces effect on on your lives yeah yeah and that that itself is so dangerous like you know someone who has a platform you know to 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 elevate them right you know above our own christian morality Mm. like you shouldn't do it because you know you were above sin right you know it's our it's our flesh man it's it's the you know it's and that that is honestly and and not to jump on your case at all you know but just to point out like that's how we get caught in these um these positions where we have an inability to truly forgive someone else like for the sin that they've done especially if it's in a position of yeah you know a a position of authority like you should have known better like how can you preach on a sunday and you know, be living in this darkness, you know, Monday through Saturday. Right. And, you know, it's, it's, it's important for there to be accountability and for those things right. to come to light. But I think what's more beautiful is like, how, how do we as a body respond like Jesus would in yeah. that situation? That's kind of what I've been feeling. I mean, it's not even been like a judgmental thing towards them or their church. I think my heart has more been like, man, you know, it's just, it's not, it's been shocking and it's been, it's it's bro it's like i really feel like the god is god's heart is broken in me yeah for the situation when i hear about those things i like there's something that like welds up in my chest like you know by nature i'm a defender like yeah. i want to come to somebody's aid mm. like I, I i defend my wife you know right. and i think of myself like you know and, and this is the bride of christ like mm. how how dare you yeah <laughs> like the you know um prey on on someone who was in that position right you know and and then Holy Spirit kind of just checks me and I, and I've been going through it personally, you know, with situations where I feel like there's like this spoken forgiveness. Um, but, and, uh, you know, and, and behind closed doors with my wife, you know, it's these conversations where I just find like this bitterness welling up yeah. and I'm like, Lord, like this isn't from you. Mm. 
and you know it's it's applicable to all those situations where we feel slighted in some way by one of our brothers or yeah. you know we we feel like they didn't live up to the moral standard that they held themselves to at least publicly right and you know we're i find myself asking in those public situations very often like what did you just do to the bot to the image mm. of jesus's bride you know, if, if Jesus is coming back for a spotless one, like, is he coming back for the one that looks spotless on Facebook or the one that's pure in spirit? Right. Mm. Such a good point. Man. And yeah, and I, I just preface also saying, like, no judgment, no anger and on my part. I just, it's like, I think that the the struggle that I've been feeling recently with that has been, like, the the lack of integrity and conviction mm. i think is the struggle i'm having like where it only came out because it was found out because it was found Not out because there right. was a, yeah. a burden of sin correct mm. yeah and it's like you that's different yeah that's kind of what i've been feeling because this is a pattern over time and it was only exposed because someone in the elders of that church had the courage to step out and say, this is not right. Yeah. Like what we've been doing is not right. And I want to publicly repent to this woman and her family and to yeah. anybody else who's been affected by this. And then calling the rest of the elders into, hey, do you want to join me in this public repentance for this the things that we made mistakes? Mm. And let's own those mistakes and yeah. let's alter them to better be like... Do you know who's talking about Divinity? I've, I've not heard of this, the, do you the exact say situation it? before. I mean, uh, it's John MacArthur. Gotcha, okay. It's, it's, it's public. Yeah, yeah it's public okay. knowledge. So it's, it's yeah. been last six months or so. It's been last month. Right. Last month? Yeah. I feel like I had heard of a little bit about it. Yeah, so, yeah, that's... yeah it's just, a, it's an ugly situation, but I think the, there's like a zealousy in me too, and there's a part of me that's like, some of it's my flesh, is like, here's the guy that runs Strange Fire, wants to tell me and all the people that I love that we're all not to Christians because we believe in the Holy Spirit. Pursue holiness too right. much. <laughs> right. And it's like, and then this stuff gets found out and I just, it, it's heartbreaking. It, that's really what it is. Heartbreaking and it's its frustrating because it's like mm. they have, their platform is built on, we have the corner market on being the Bible-based church. Like we pe uh, preach expositorily and scripturally only and every single week you will hear a message that comes directly out of those pages. Mm. And this is how you apply it to your life and here's the standard to which you live. And so on and so forth. And then to, to hear of things like that is just like, it's almost like I don't want to be a hypocrite and I don't want to go around pointing out hypocrites, but there's like a hypocrisy in that. And there's even a hypocrisy that it's makes me think about I myself. Keep it humble, dude. Right. You know, and God. even I feel like there's time that situation makes me look on things that I've said and done yeah. and be like, God, was I a hypocrite in that situation? Like, have I been operating in some level of hypocrisy regarding yeah. a, a struggle or a situation or, or you know, or how have I treated as a leader, you know, uh, an accusation or a, or a struggle or a, or, or, were, or were we even aware of it? Right. You know, the, the, the question of, you know, are there, are there things that I've said in my immaturity, right. like things in my past that have been motivated because I knew the word more than I knew the author, right you know, and, and things that, you know, I, I cast judgment or handled a situation, mm -hmm. you know, Im immaturely and kingdom wise, there's, there's grace for it. Right. But yeah. when you're hurting real people, it, 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 uh, it affects us a little bit. Differently. Yeah, it does. It really does. Mm. What were you saying about? Oh, just 
Yeah, man. You You're just chilling tonight, Vinny? I'm just, this is so good. <laughs> this is just so good. I'm soaking it in. Yeah. I'm just thinking about, man, that's, humility has to be, because none of us are above it, man. None yeah. of us are above anybody else or any other denom denomination or, you know, like we got to keep it, keep it humble, dude, because we might have, you know, whatever percentage of things right, but like, Mm. we're <laughs> we're not all the way there yeah. <laughs> like I had, I had a professor in college who would always say thank god we're not all saved by our theology i know right you know My it's god. not the like having having a proper view in a representation that's articulated to other exactly, people yeah. that's a hundred percent correct right <laughs> is, is not what my salvation no. hinges on you know and then the thing that really stood out to me too and i think about a lot with is you know in proverbs you know pride goeth before a fall mm. Yeah. Right. In a haughty spirit before, uh, you know, I can't remember the exact King James version of it, but, um, the but the pride the version is be humble. So be you humble. Don't, so be you humble. don't stumble. Be humble. So you don't stumble. <laughs> well, that's kind of the thing. Like I, I prayed about it and some of this, I know it is God's judgment hmm. that yeah. some of these situations have come to light. Like, you know, the struggles with like the, the, um, Southern Baptist Convention is having with the sexual scandals that have been hidden. You know, the, the, they were the first ones to try to call out the Catholic Church mm -hmm. and then come to find out that some very similar situations are happening in their ranks and it's be all being brought out to the light and there's yeah. this big power struggle like the the um, Methodist Church and their struggles yeah. with the sexual stuff. It's like, yeah. God is coming for a pure and spotless bride. Yeah. Whether any of us like it or not. Yeah. And that's what I meant earlier. And, and that some of this is only revealed in history. Yeah. You know, when we can see things, you know, not through the magnifying glass of what we're experiencing right now, mm. you know, and trying to figure it all out. Yeah. You know, could you imagine like being Moses in the wilderness and saying like, this is a part of a bigger purpose. Like there's significance in us for being here for 40 years. Right. You know, like there is this, this, this man who stood before Israel and Goliath who mm. stood there for 40 days mocking the people of Israel. Right. And then there's this man a thousand years later who stands in the desert you know, named Jesus, who's fasting on your behalf, you mm. know, for 40 days, he stood out there, yeah. you know, wanting to see, you know, the freedom to the captives. And he's not just talking about, you know, that generation. He's not just talking about that culture. Right. You know, it's something that extends cross-culturally, cross-generationally, -gener mm. and that we have the benefit of of seeing now. You know, I think right. we talked about it on the last podcast, the Old Testament's the New Testament concealed and the news of the old revealed. Right. You know, we, we have the, the benefit of looking back at those revivals that have happened in the 60s, the 70s, you know, the 80s, the early 90s, you know, right. wherever it is, you know, Canada and, you know, the Brownsville revival in Florida and, you know, just saying this is how the Lord shaped those places. Yeah. But, you know, there were people who were having these same kind of questions then. Oh, yeah. And there was the same kind of dialogue then. You know that we're having now about asbury right. about the university about the one in louisiana yeah yeah you're right the only difference now is it's all splattered across every web page that's a big difference now yeah, that's a pretty big difference yeah and that's and you know that's it's the good thing about social media and also the crux of social media is that I mean, it, they covered it on fox news yeah tucker carlson talked yep. about what's going on in the spiritual awakening at asbury university that's awesome See, that's awesome. I think that's cool. So cool. Yeah. And it's just hmm, social media, you know, it's it's such a great tool, but it's also one of those it can it can do really great with what is it like Spider Man? Like with great power comes great responsibility, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like 
it is a great power to have. That was Uncle Ben, actually. Yeah, it was Uncle Ben that said it. <laughs> hmm? <laughs> I can't hear him. Cali Linux. Cali Linux. I'm not hip. I'm not happy in there. Not on that one. But <sighs> suffice to say, love what's going on. Um, I have been praying fervently that this does not get turned into a, another denomination. Uh, this is something I've been praying about. Dude, oh my goodness. Because I, that's, it won't. In I, Jesus' that's, name, it like, won't. Because <laughs> that's what I was saying earlier. It's, 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 see, here's the thing. It's, we, and it's in our nature to do it. We have an amazing experience with the Lord, and we want to build the altar, and we want to come back to remembrance, and we start to build s- systems around it to try to keep it going. Mm-hmm. And then, as in to, most systems, try to emulate it. Right. The systems end up owning us versus us using the system to keep that's a good point david you know and that's like why i'm praying specifically that this series of of the outpouring of the spirit and this revivals lead to reformation not just revival because i mean you know we're what almost 30 years out from brownsville and the tinges of it are felt in the charismatic community but at the time, it was felt through the whole community, just like it is now. But it's kind of like the wave crested and creeped back into the the charismatic side of the church, and that's kind of where the history and the and the reverence for it and the altarship of it stays. Right. But you know, you've got like the circuit riders built the Methodists. You know what I mean? And it's the Welsh revival. You know, bolstered up the C of E. You know what I mean? There's just a lot that we can take something and it feels good and, and the Lord is on it and then we get a hold of it and we... Yeah, just a, a, a cry that it impacts every denomination. Right. I mean, you know, one of the things that I've seen that I've loved that it's focused on is there are kids there next to 94-year-old yeah. you know, guys yeah. who are there just crying out to God. Yeah, you know, that's Kids who are, um, you know, having visions, right? And that's the, the prophecy from Joel, like that your young men would have visions. Like we're mm. seeing the glimpses of what it looks like, you know, for us to live in proper relationship with one another through, mm. you know, the worship of our parents, yeah. through the worship of our elders. And, and you're seeing it on the other end of the age spectrum, you know, for those who are having dreams, you know, of, of things that the Lord is re reciting yeah. and reigniting inside of them mm-hmm. again, you know, which really is beautiful. And this yeah. young man here with us had a pretty crazy dream last night. Oh, yeah. come on. Yeah. We're gonna have to hear that one. Yeah. I, I would love to hear what your guys' thoughts are. Like, what do you think is our takeaway in this whole Asbury thing? How is this applicable? How can we um you know contend for the kingdom and in, in our communities like you know we can pray for god to do the same thing here or how do we partner with him to to see him move in our communities and i mean for me it just comes back to obedience yeah right like as as the bride like what does bold obedience look like you know, it is complete abandonment. You know, we had this amazing service on Saturday night, you know, when there was such an emphasis on uh, like being completely uh, okay with with disregarding other people's perceptions of ourselves. You know, this word undignified, like I will lose my reputation 
in pursuit of you, Jesus. Hmm. Like, and for us to really be okay with whatever the Lord asks of us that yeah. comes out of this movement. Like if the Lord is asking for us to be used mightily in, in, in acts of healing, like it's gonna require for a lot of us to get out of our comfort zones and to see what the Lord wants to do at Kroger. You know, to see yeah. what the Lord wants to do when we're walking down the aisles of Walmart, like for us to exercise our testimony wherever we go, like is the blood of Jesus only for the four walls of the church right. or is, or are we overcoming darkness wherever we go? Like with the word blood of the lamb and the word of, I mean, our testimony, like right. come and see a man who's told me everything I've ever done in my life, like should be, you know, for me is the thing. And I, I haven't been to Asbury yet. You know, I've, I've heard the testimony and those testimonies excite me to want to be a part of what God is doing there here. Mm. You know, it's, it's not a, a portal that is only jumped into in Northern Kentucky. Right. You know, it's, it's a manifestation of what the Lord, I think, wants to do cross-culturally. Mm, that's a good point. Yeah, I love that. So I think for me is <clears throat> the takeaways or, or whatever you want to call it or how we can we partner with it or whatever. <laughs> right. <laughs> One is what I've would been challenged to do and continue to do, which is obviously praying for what is currently happening. That's one big part of it for me. Yeah. The other part I think is to create the opportunities. That's something I think if we don't want to see it in our area, we have to like put the canvas up. You know what I mean? Open mm. the doors. Yeah. Open the doors, put the canvas on the easel, mm. get the paint ready. Come on, come paint. That's good. You know what I mean? Like that's how I see, like our, if we, if we're contending for this to be in our community, what are we doing yeah, how are to we facilitate opportunities it? for the Lord to move through us? Right. Yes. Yeah. Like is our, is our schedule reflecting our desire for right. the Lord to wreck us. Right. Right. I feel a specific call on our generation is forerunners to really take the low seat yeah. to to be humble. Yeah, to be humble and to champion this next generation. Mm. Yes. Um to give them the spaces to yeah, to come and paint and to come and worship and I agree. I think that, you know, for too long, there there has been something about, and I th I see this at Asbury. There's not the the super preacher, you know, on the stage, um, and not that God won't move through those people, mm. but I I do think there is something specific on this next generation and the generations before them, specifically millennials, our generation to to come behind these people and get behind them and raise them up and yeah, say, go right. for it. Like being apostolic, being right. forerunners, it looks like taking the low seat. Yeah. You know, that you yeah. want to be the, you want to be the, not the ceiling, but the floor. Right. Yeah. That, yeah. The, the platform they, that they stand on. Like, here's the thing that I built. Yeah. And it's for you to stand on. Yeah, how, yeah. I mean, that's the canvas, right? Stretching it out, opening the doors. How do we make opportunities to, to steward this environment, to, 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 to be the hands and feet now, right? right. To be the salt now, uh, but to set a, a, a fire in, inside of the next generation that says this is this is normal. Like we should come to expect that this is what our daily lives look like. Right. Yeah. You know, if your kids grow up and they're, you know, always raised in one environment, you know, that is that is the environment that they're formed in. That's what they know. That's what they're comfortable in. Like I, at the end of the day, like I want my kids to be 
you know, able to, to worship and enter the throne room at the drop of a hat, mm. like to intercede for somebody else, like, or a problem that's brought to their attention, you know, with, without any hesitation, you know, whether there's a mic or a platform there or not, like, you know, just responding to heaven, yeah. like how, and, and those are, those are action words. So yeah. like, how, how do we open up more doors? Like, how do we create more space for that to happen? Right. Yeah, because I mean, you think you hit it as the, this should be the norm, right? Like that should be like, when we're together and we're we're together as the body and we're in service together, like that response should be the normal response. Yeah. Like we should be in worship. We should be in repentance. We should be feeling those things. But it's also the Acts 2, they met and assembled together daily. Daily. They broke bread together together daily. That means right. there was fellowship that happened alongside of their pursuit. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, how are we developing our community? Amen. Um, you know, not just a, a group of kids that we're going to encounter once and encourage twice and right. send on their way, you know, and and our hands pat their backs on the fu- on the way through the fire tunnel and then we ne- yeah. never see them again. Right. Yeah. You know, how are we building up our own communities? That's so good, man. Yeah. Yeah, not our not meaning our own communities, meaning church communities, but our own communities, our period. Own communities, Absolutely, period. Yeah. Yeah, because, yeah. I mean, yeah. we've, I think that the <clears throat> some of the language has been co-opted to be about the same things that, that it wasn't about before. Like we say, like the church starts talking about community, but then they make it to people we go to church with. Mm-hmm. When it used to be called the congregation, now it's yeah. called your community. Right. Right. Um, to make it more inclusive. To make it, Right. They say that to make it, but I'm what I'm saying is the community should not just we shouldn't just be referring to the people that we attend weekly services with, yeah. but building that community of like every day in yeah. some way, shape, or form. We're connecting, we're discussing, we're breaking bread, and yeah. we got to eat every day. Yeah, you know, it's like yeah. how can we create a rhythm in our lives where we're setting up the canvas every day? Yeah, and saying, here you go, here it is. You know, you know. I think for us, it maybe it is opening our homes. Maybe it is opening up our spaces. Maybe it is, or maybe it's just prayer. Maybe it's giving some money, or maybe it's you know. Because that's one thing I've always loved the teaching idea that when you give, like I may not be able to go, but my money can. Mm-hmm. You know, my giving, wow. my like I can send cash over. And it can go instead of me. Yeah, and that's the Matthew 25, right? right. Give a cup of water to the prophet and receive a prophet's reward. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, I am partnering with what, what you were doing in Jesus. Right. And, we, you know, we're not, we're not all called the sent ones. Right. You know, we are, we are all commissioned mm. for our mission field. Right. And I see this in our city, too, and in, in Ohio, too. Like, that, that is the heart posture here. I think that's why we're, we're prime for revival. Yeah. Um, I had somebody call me today and say, offer his whole church wow. and say, yeah, I mean, if we feel like the Lord is calling us to do this, yeah. we can open it up. People can come here and worship as much as, as much as they want. That's well, awesome. Yeah. I'm just like, okay. Like, I see us doing this, man. And I'm super optimistic and excited for the, for Same. what God is doing right now. I think now. on a practical level for, you know, for me, I've got four kids, nine, six, three, exactly. and one. Exactly, yeah. You know, we've got, we've got young kids at home, you know, and, and my first ministry and, you know, my, my, my passion, you know, aligns with what God has called me to be as, you know, somebody who was married That's young, right. you know, I was married at 21, my wife Amanda was 20 when we got married. 
And, uh, you know, and, and we didn't think we were going to have a family right away. You know, we we're like, we want to do big things with God. We want to go to, you know, Mozambique and be missionaries, you know, and, and do this thing like in full pursuit of, of the Lord and Holy Spirit adventure for years. And six months after we got married, we found out we were pregnant and, yeah. you know, nine months later, the first bundle of joy came and, you know, now we're sitting here 10 years later, my, my oldest turns 10 this year. And, you know, my, my calling is to steward that first at home. Like I can't yeah. be passionate on a podcast and a, a jerk at home, yeah. you know, and, and not abide by the same Holy Spirit principles wherever I go. Same. You know, it's not just community, mm. right? It's, it's not just, and, and the connotation of community is, is not just, you know, as you said, what it looks like for us to interact with our brothers and sisters in Christ at church. It's not just how we interact when we're out with our neighbors. You know, it, it carries integrity, you know, that big I word all the way through, you know, to your bones. Like, who are you when no one's watching? Who are yeah. you to your kids? Starts in the and, heart, and for me, like, there are these awesome opportunities, like go to Asbury, go to travel to Lee, like, but at the end of the day, like what kind of father am, am I being? Like, mm -hmm. am I still stewarding those opportunities at home? Mm -hmm. Like, am I opening those doors? Or am, I, am I putting out the canvas at home? Yeah. Like, am I grabbing my wife's hand at the end of the night and saying, let's pursue the Lord. Like, let's crank up some worship music. Let's turn on some Vinnie Harris and let's get into this thing. <laughs> right. You know, like, am I, am I, am I, you know, when, before I leave for work, you know, at that construction site, like, how am I preparing myself to encounter Holy Spirit, you know, in the Imagio day, you know, in the, in the mundane, you yeah. know, to bring all those things back together. And for me, it's like my, my first role as a servant of God is as a husband, yep. you know, my, my, yep. my co-role, co-first role is as a father. Right. If you ask me, that sounds like a lot like revival, bro. Yeah. Yeah, it does. They both do. That's what's beautiful about it. And that's the picture we have to understand that there are individuals who are called to those crazy, travelly, insane things that happen in the kingdom that are amazing and beautiful, but they're no more important at all than those of us who are, are caring for and cultivating and trying to be fathers and brothers and husbands and you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, let me ask you this. Where did the Israelites worship when Moses was at the, the tent of meeting? The Bible says that they stood in front of their tents and worshiped. Yeah, that's right. Like they, they stood with their families and, and worshiped at their tents. That's right. Like they didn't all have to shove in and crowd in. Like right. they could see it. Like, I want this place to be so on fire that the fire department shows up. Like what's going on here? And we're like, it's just the Holy Spirit. Yeah. <laughs> we're, 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 you know, and that, and that happens all over the city. Yeah. You know, it's just like, wait, what people if you could who are take on fire yeah. into in, in every single home? Yeah. Like what if every single wow. home could look like Asbury? Yeah. Right, like the kids are worshiping, the animals are worshiping, husband and wife are worshiping. You know what I mean? That's yeah. the heart posture. I mean, and that's the book of Revelation to me. Like, I just yeah. felt like the Lord just downloaded. Like, that is what it means for us not to have a son to govern our 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 worship. You know, not to have a son to to govern it, but the Lord who gives off His own light. Mm. You know, stands as His own testimony of goodness in the midst of us. So good, super good. Where y'all been in the Word? What's the Lord been speaking speaking through the B-I-B-L-E? Mm. For me, it's been about, well, you see my board, whiteboard there behind you. <sighs> Filling the earth, dude. Partnering with him. Seeing his uh, seven spirits of God is what I got up on my board there. Mm -hmm. Spirit of the Lord, spirit of wisdom, spirit of understanding. 
spirit of counsel, might, knowledge, spirit of the fear of the Lord, and it all stemming out of the spirit of the fear of the Lord. And just... Um, the beginning of wisdom? Yeah. Carrying him, you know, partnering with him to see him fill all the earth, dude. It's good. So, specifically, um, well, I'll, I'll, for the past, I don't know, two two years, I would say, three years maybe, um, I haven't gotten out of Proverbs. Mm. Um, I just keep recycling it every th- every 31 days. Um, and that's something that's just been a burden on me. But then even more recently, I've been going through Paul's epistles, um, tackling the women in ministry mm. um, idea. Mm-hmm. That's kind of something I've been, the pat- very recently, that's where I've been in the word. Um, my everyday go-to is Proverbs and then a little bit of that, but as, like, as far as my study time, uh, recently it's been in, in uh, Timothy, mm. first mm. and second Timothy, but then I'm going to move on to first Corinthians after that. But I've just been trying to, you know, pray and dissect um, some of those prohibitive past passages on women. Yeah. Um, I got a feeling that it's going to end up being a book. Amen. Wow. That's cool. So, yeah. John's been wrecking me lately too, man. John always wrecks me. What about you, Chris? John the revelator, John the wrecker. Yeah. <laughs> more like, um, honestly, I feel like I, there was like middle of last week and the Lord just, just wrecked me. And it started with a question that my oldest Ezekiel, um, he asked and, uh, he wanted to, to hear the story of, of Gideon and how nice. the Lord, um, you know, thinned the army of 32,000 down to 300. Mm. And, uh, so we, I just got into judges, judges and, you know, from judges six and, uh, just started reading, you know, it was like the next morning I just had this burning desire in my heart to read through the book of judges like i'd never read it before Mm. and honestly like i read it like i had never read it before you know there were things that i feel like the lord was just just downloading judges one through judges six Mm. um and into judges seven that i feel like the lord has honestly just been wrecking my my theology you know we talk about it sometimes as you know we have this these seasons where the lord like kind of breaks down the unstable foundation and you know i've i've been through uh what i what i kind of describe as the lord uh you know kicking down that that house of cards that it had been built out of and so now i just feel like the lord has established a uh, a foundation in me you know where now as i go back through and i read you know the, for me it's been as i said the book of judges um where there's just so much more um what i feel like is the lord entrusting me with more meat you know, it's, wow. it's not just a Making revelation. Me go <laughs> it's not indeed. just a revelation of milk, you know, but it's a, a revelation of the heavier stuff, you know, yeah. the things that like, and, you know, and for me, it's like, how can I get that revelation from the Old Testament? You know, that would be a question I asked five years ago, you know, but now I feel like the Lord has established that foundation and it's just like revelatory for me now. And so, you know, the book of Judges, it is between the leadership of Moses and before the Davidic covenant and before Solomon, you know, before the temples built. 
And it's right after where Judges 1 starts off is right after Joshua dies. Mm. And so Israel is crying out for a king. You know, they have yep. they have no leadership to speak of. You know, the mm-hmm. Lord goes and he appoints these judges, judges. To, yeah. to be judges, you know, to be the ones who are, you know, divining before the Lord, who are answering these questions, that the people are wanting direction from the Lord, but they are living as, uh, in the fruit of sin. Like they are living mm-hmm. in the direct fruit and in, in a in a culture that's being directly impacted by Saul not destroying the uh, Canaanites completely. Yeah. Like in the in Judges one and two, it talks about how you know the the Lord's desire was for them to to live in peace. The Lord's desire was for them to live set apart and in purity, to be a testimony of the Lord to all the nations and. What he didn't want, as it clearly says in the book of Judges, is for them to intermingle, for them to intermarry, and for them to begin to tolerate the Asherah poles and for them to tolerate the worship to idols. And so we have Gideon who steps on the stage, you know, after a series of judges. And and to go back real quick, you know, the Lord is like, you can hear the, 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 heart broken heart of god almost you know through through those first books first couple of chapters of judges when he's when the lord is specifically addressing you know my my desire was for you to live in mm. purity like my desire was for you to live in holiness uh but but you gave yourself in you you intermarried you know and regardless of how we think about those those in our context you know the lord's best plan for israel was for saul to be obedient to completely destroy the canaanite people and what ended up happening and is happening is as inter- israel intermarried with them uh they be- became tolerant of their gods and they gave themselves up to idol worship and Gideon steps on the stage and Gideon is called as a judge of Israel. Uh, and, you know, and this is before we find Gideon as the warrior that we come to love about the story of Gideon. And the Lord tells him, he says, I want you to go and I want you to tear down the Asherah poles. I want you to tear, tear down the, the altar of Baal and I want you a, to build an altar before the Lord. Mm. And, you know, we see this and we know, you know, if we are familiar with the story of Gideon, you know, the, the man who's sword was welded to his hand you know this man of great bravery but the first time that we hear about him is a act of timid obedience Mm. and what i feel like the lord is calling us to in this season specifically is bold and brave and outright obedience you know Mm. for us not to leave out the important details and so what happens is is the bible says that gideon was afraid of the familial response, you know, how his father's family would respond when he tore down the Asherah pole and he mm. tore down the temple of Baal. And sure enough, what happens is instead of doing it in light of day, when the Lord had told him, it records that he went in the middle of the night, he tore down the pole, he broke down the altar, he built up an altar of the Lord and he sacrificed on it to the Lord. And the people the next day woke up and they're like, who did this? Yeah. And, and they go before Gideon's father and they're like, give us that kid. We're going to kill him. And the, the response out of his mouth is like been a, a wrecking cry for me in the last week. And his father says, why are you, why are you putting words in Baal's mouth? Let Baal come before, before us and defend himself. Uh, why are you worshiping these idols that can't speak for themselves? Yeah. And it's in that moment that I feel like when Gideon heard his father petition for him, 
that it spoke to my spirit and, you know, asked, it felt Holy Spirit just ask me so strongly, like, are we standing in bold obedience to petition for what the word of the Lord is over our family? Like, are we willing to tear down those things that have for generations stood as what the norm is, you know, whether it's religion, whether it's sin, whether it's hypocrisy, whether it's backbitingness, like regardless of what it is, like, am I being bold and fulfilling the call of the Lord in my life? detail by detail mm. like am i am i hanging off of every breath from the mouth of god and i i want to be found that way <laughs> you yeah. know I, I want my brothers in christ to be found that way and it's it's really just been one of those things that's been uh um it's been convicting you know certain areas of my life like you know and and back to like for me i i i always come back to and and i want to in every uh in every facet of my life to to be seen as a man of integrity, like as you know that those those words for David, I want to hear echoed, uh, you know, at 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 my funeral. <laughs> you know, he was a man after the Lord's own heart, mm. and you know, it's just been fat on my Ooh, spirit. <laughs> that is fat, bro. That was yeah. <laughs> well, I think that's probably all we have time for. Yeah, that was a great conversation. That was, was man. I hope everybody enjoys it. I did. Did you, Malachi? Oh, yeah. That was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Man. All the prophets combined. <laughs> well, Jesus, we just thank you, Lord, for everything that you're doing, Lord, for who you are. Yes. Um, that you would share your inheritance with us, Lord. Mm. That we get to partner with you and see freedom in our family and our communities and our in the world, Lord. We just thank you for your blood. Thank you for what you're doing in all of us individually, what you're doing in all the listeners. And Lord God, I just ask that you would anoint these conversations and all these podcasts and episodes to help the uh, the listeners um, encounter you experience you more and that you would bring reformation and transformation into each and every year that tunes into these lord amen yes lord thank you jesus in jesus name amen amen see you guys thanks so much for joining us please remember to share this show with your community and encourage everyone to come and listen in on the conversation Follow us on social media and give us a like and review wherever you consume your podcast and other media. Until next time, be blessed.